Well, hello there, friends, and welcome to the Shellac Stack. My name is Brian Wright, your host on this little program where I play 78 RPM records from my collection, assorted music styles from the first half of the 20th century. It's been a while since I've done a same-song second version program, and for no particular reason, I thought I'd do that today. So here's the thing. I've pulled out eight different songs, two versions of each, and we'll compare and contrast them, playing them back-to-back. I've said it before, one of the reasons I enjoy collecting 78s is that back in the 19-teens, 20s, and 30s, the song was the thing. The song came before any recordings, and a popular song might be recorded dozens, if not hundreds of times, and I enjoy seeking out different versions of songs that I like. Sometimes the recordings are very similar to each other, but often they can go in surprisingly different directions, and so... On today's program, we'll hear sometimes two versions of the song that sound pretty similar, but in most cases, I've tried to pick versions that sound quite different from each other. So we're going to start with a tune that goes way back to the ragtime era. The first record actually comes from August of 1907. It was made by Prince's Military Band, directed by Charles Prince. It's Columbia A-18. The tune by Carrie Mills is called Red Wing, an Indian intermezzo, and will follow the Prince's Orchestra version with Brother Bones and His Shadows recorded exactly 40 years later in 1947. First up here is Prince's military band, Red Wing. Thank you. 
this cold glass of iced tea I've got on a hot summer day. A Brother Bones and his Shadows record can be so refreshing. I've got a CD somewhere that's all Brother Bones, and I have to say after about the 15th or 16th track, it kind of gets to be a bit much. But one well-placed Brother Bones record, hard to beat. That was Red Wing, tempo record number TR648. Before that, we heard from Prince's Military Band in 1907, their version of Red Wing. In case you're just joining us, my name is Brian Wright, this is the Shellac Stack, and today we're doing a same song, second version program, in which I play two different versions of the same song back-to-back, and up next, a really popular song that came out in about early 1926 called Dinah. And uh, the version we're going to hear first comes to us from organist Jesse Crawford, Victor 20000, recorded in Chicago, February 26th, 1926. We'll follow that with a quite different version played by the Quintet of the Hot Club of France some eight years later, recorded in Paris in December of 1934, issued here in the States on the Joe Davis label in the 40s, Joe Davis record number 8004. So for your entertainment now, two different versions of Dinah, starting with Jesse Crawford. Thank 
good performance of Dinah, but what can I say? Those Joe Davis surfaces, even in good condition, don't sound particularly good. (laughs) If I had the original French ultraphone pressing, it would probably sound a lot better, but those are kind of hard to come by around here. That was the Quintet of the Hot Club of France, Dinah, from December of 1934. Before that, Jesse Crawford, recorded in Chicago in February of 1926, and his rendition of Dinah. How about a little Gershwin now? Here's a song, Someone to Watch Over Me, played first by George Olson and his music, a recording made in New York in November of 1926. It's done as an instrumental, but we'll follow that with a vocal version by Frank Sinatra when he recorded in Hollywood on July 30th, 1945, Columbia 38220. So, two different versions of George and Ira Gershwin's Someone to Watch Over Me, starting with George Olson.
There's a somebody I'm longing to see I hope that she turns out to be Someone who'll watch over me I'm a little lamb who's lost in the woods I know I could, could always be good To one who walks over Be the man some girls think of as handsome to her heart. I'll carry the key. Won't you tell her, please? To put on some speed Follow my lead Oh, how I need Someone to watch Over me Sinatra, Someone to Watch Over Me, recorded in Hollywood in July of 1945. I think out of Frank Sinatra's long career of making records, those sides he made in 1945 and 1946 with Axel Stordahl for Columbia rank as my very, very favorites. His voice is just so smooth, the orchestra is so tasteful, the songs are all top-notch, and to me it just doesn't get any better than those. That was Columbia 38220. Before that, George Olson and his music with their version of the same song, recorded 19 years earlier in November of 1926. Well, last week on the program, I did something I've never before done, 
In 15 years of hosting the Shellac Stack, I asked for donations, and I was very touched that a handful of people stepped up without complaint and offered contributions. I'm especially grateful to Brenda, to Ted, Kathy, Jihoon, Neil, and Bill, all of whom contributed, and uh, their contributions are helping to offset the cost of producing this program, and I don't want to beat a dead horse by saying this, but... The shellac stack costs me about five or six hundred dollars a year to produce those costs going into things like web hosting and bandwidth, storing nearly 200 shellac stack programs online and making them available for download doesn't come free to me. <laughs> and there's other little incidental costs, things like website domain registration and privacy protection and uh, all sorts of little things that add up over the course of a year. If you enjoy the program enough to listen, and if it's worth a dollar or two per episode to you, I hope you might consider joining those folks over at patreon.com slash shellacstack. Whether it's $5 a month or $10 a month, whatever's right for you. Or if you don't feel like giving anything, that's okay too. I'm not here to try to pressure anybody into giving. But if you enjoy the program and you want to help offset some of those costs, I would appreciate your contributions. Again, the website patreon.com slash shellacstack. Or you can find a link over at the old Shellacstack webpage, www.shellacstack.com. And if there are enough contributions, I might even try to overhaul the website and make it a little bit neater looking. And of course, I'll be setting up that wall of fame where the names of everybody who contributes will go so that everybody can know they are the people helping to make this program possible. And you can be one of them too. <laughs> Thank you in advance. Okay, let's continue with some more music now. Gene Austin comes to the microphone first. A recording made in Camden, New Jersey, in Victor's church studio. This is a song by Gus Kahn and Walter Donaldson called But I Do, You Know I Do. And we'll follow Gene Austin with a dance band version made by Paul Ash and his orchestra for the Columbia label in Chicago in February of 1926. Harry Maxfield will be the vocalist there. But first up, here's Gene Austin, But I Do, You Know I Do. <laughs> I keep trying to, I'm just dying to get you out of my mind But that's hard to do with somebody you love I've denied it, I've tried to hide it, but every evening I find You're the one that I keep thinking of I know that I shouldn't mind if you find someone new But I do you know I do I know that I shouldn't care If you're here or you're there But I do You know I do I know you love to flit around While I just sit around and wonder What's become of you I know that I shouldn't mope Shouldn't hope you're lonesome too But I do You know I do I keep saying and I keep praying That I'll forget you somehow But the more I try The more that I find 
While you're dancing and out romancing with those you care about now Do you think of the days when you were mine? I know that I shouldn't mind if you find someone new But I do, you know I do I know that I shouldn't care if you're here or you're there But I do You know I do I know you love to flit around While I just sit around and wonder What's become of you I know that I shouldn't mope Shouldn't hope you're lonesome too But I do You know I do Thank you. 
do, you know I do. Two versions from 1926, starting with Gene Austin, followed by Paul Ash and his orchestra. Up next, I've got a tune by pianist Earl Hines called A Monday Date. First, we'll hear Earl Hines himself play it, a recording made in Chicago, December 9th, 1928. And we'll follow that with LaVere's Chicago Loopers, a recording made in Los Angeles in February of 1950 for the Jump label. Jack Teagarden will be the vocalist on their version of A Monday Date. And then to keep things rolling along, we'll move into another song called The One Rose That's Left in My Heart. First, we'll hear a somewhat country-inspired version by Cliffy Stone and his hometown Hepcats on Capital 2620 from 1953. And then we'll head back to 1936 for a version by Jack Shilkrit's orchestra for the perfect label, number 6-11-06. Chick Bullock will be the vocalist masquerading under the pseudonym of Jack Parker. So two versions then of The One Rose That's Left in My Heart. But first up, Earl Hines at the piano and his composition, A Monday Date. Thank you. 
song, The One Rose That's Left in My Heart, was written by Del Lyon and Lanny McIntyre, who achieved a lot of fame playing Hawaiian music. First, we heard it played by Cliffy Stone and his hometown Hepcats, followed by Jack Shulkert's orchestra with vocalist Chick Bullock. Up next, we've got a little bit of a tenuous Hawaiian theme going. <laughs> Here's a song called Bemir Bist Duchesne. And Hawaiian, you're probably wondering, with that song, yes. First up, we'll hear the Waikiki Serenaders, which seems to be a Japanese group playing Hawaiian music recorded in about 1939. Their version issued on the Japanese Columbia label M-181. I actually picked this up in a little tiny record shop up in Hokkaido in Japan a few years ago. The place was so cramped, you couldn't even squat down to look at the records on the bottom shelf. You almost had to <laughs> kind of shimmy and lie down to get down there. It was it was so cramped. But I pulled this 78 out, and I saw the label, and I thought, by mere Bistushane, Waikiki Serenaders, what in the world is this? I have to give it a try. It was only about the equivalent of five bucks, and I think it was a good purchase, as you'll hear. We'll follow that with a famous version by the Andrews Sisters, recorded for Decca in New York City on November 24th, 1937. Two versions now of... Bemir bis Duchesne, starting with the Waikiki Serenaders. (laughs) ¶¶ 
looks like we've got time for one more pairing of same song, second version. First up, we'll hear Earl Burtnett and his Los Angeles Biltmore Orchestra play The Wedding of the Painted Doll, a tune written by Nacio Herb Brown and Arthur Fried. It's very popular around 1929. In fact, this recording dates from January 28, 1929, made out in Los Angeles. It's Brunswick 4232. After that, we'll hear pianist Frankie Carl play it about nine years later, January 3rd, 1938, his really, really nifty piano version issued here on the Deco label. Two versions then of The Wedding of the Painted Doll to wrap up this edition of the Shellac Stack.
Give me an iced tea and a stack of Frankie Carl piano solos from about 1938 and 39 and an hour of free time and I'm a happy guy. <laughs> Frankie Carl there, The Wedding of the Painted Doll, preceded by Earl Burtnett and his version of the same tune. Well, it's been fun this hour. I hope you enjoyed listening to these two versions each of eight different songs. If you liked it and you want to write to me, my email address is shellacstack at gmail.com. Again, shellacstack at gmail.com. Feel free to write with any comments, suggestions, requests. Also, please don't forget to check out the Patreon if you want to support the Shellac Stack, patreon.com slash shellacstack. Okay, Clock on the Wall says we're out of time. I'll see you back here next time for more 78 RPM records on the Shellac Stack. Until then, thanks for listening, take care, and bye-bye.